We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. It is another episode of our season two Ted Lasso recaps, and I am joined by my co-host, Alex McDaniel. Alex, are you ready for this one? No, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I know you wanted me to ease into that, but I'm absolutely not ready for this. This show somehow found a way to take it up another notch. I don't, I just don't understand. They've got, I'm not a car person, but it's like they, they just have another gear every single time. This, this show has 14 gears. Yeah, I don't know cars either, but yes, I assume there are many gears. <laughs> and this one just keeps like bringing it up. When I watch The Fast and the Furious, it seems like Vin Diesel's character always wins because he has like one more gear left. And so I'm assuming that's what the show is doing. It's just it's Vin Diesel in The Fast and the Furious. Weird, weird analogy. Before we get into today's episode, uh, what's going on at, at For the Win? Everything. It's very busy. Um, yeah. So For the Win, tw.usatoday.com. We're a lot of fun. We write about sports and sports fans. And we actually just um, brought a new member onto the team to cover college football. His name is Jason Kirk. Maybe you've heard of him. The He's sort of a big deal in the college football world. So maybe read our stuff. Everyone go check that out. I'm a huge Jason Kirk fan. I'm a big Alex fan. I was checking out For the Win already, but big Jason Kirk fan. So just another reason to check out For the Win. Also, if you want something to check out, check out the Patreon of this podcast. Shout out to our producer-level patrons, Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Christine, and Kevin Frost. If you go to patreon.com slash sports, you can support this show, which is super cool. Support these, these Ted Lasso episodes. You can vote on movies and topics covered by the show. Uh, this month, we covered The Longest Yard because the patrons, that's what they wanted. It's what they voted on. Next month, it looks like we're going to cover the greatest game ever played, but there's still time to vote. If you don't like that movie, go vote against it. I encourage it. Uh, do AMA questions, maybe a Ted Lasso Q&A, Discord access, and stickers. Everyone what about loves stickers. Hot Rod? Hot so Rod, we're, we're covering regardless. We're going to have to do that okay. real soon. 
right. As long I almost, as I'm part I almost threw of it. it on this weekend. Oh yeah, I mean obviously yeah. We're you're okay. you're the you're the co-host for Hot Rod as well. We'll have to do that real soon. Thank you. Yeah, ever yeah, hot rod is just hot rod is the best. I'm not even gonna leave that up to the patrons to vote on. That is that is an executive decision that we are making. <laughs> you don't get a choice. No. It's just gonna be me. No, patrons, but yeah, patreon.com slash big screen sports. <laughs> Go do it. Uh let's get into it. Ted Lasso, season two, episode four, Carol of the Bells. It is Christmas in Richmond. Rebecca enlists Ted for a secret mission. Roy and Keeley search for a miracle, and the Higginses open up their home. I can say definitively, when I think of Christmas TV episodes for the rest of my life, I will think of this first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Like, and I've really, I love Christmas and I love Christmas television and movies. And, you know, I have a, I have an affinity for really shitty Hallmark movies. I admit that, but I don't think they're great cinema. So just leave me alone. (laughs) But I really do think like it's one of my favorite Christmas episodes of all time. I can't think of a better one. I, I couldn't either. Um, I, I did one of, you know, a search, you know, greatest Christmas episodes of all time. For me, the first thing I thought of was there are two office Christmas episodes. There's Benny Hanna Christmas. And then there is the Christmas with, with the where Michael turns Secret Santa into Yankee Swap. Which is very, <laughs> which is very, very funny. Leads to a very sweet moment at the end of that episode that I enjoy. But this one was, and it, it aired in August, and it still it hit. It took me right there. I know when Jacqueline and I were watching the episode, we were like, I just want it to be Christmas. But th- this was truly special. I know. I said I, I was putting up. I always put up my tree a little early. Like typically, I'll do Halloween because. I just think it's time. And like last year, my son, his dad took him trick or treating, which gave me the right to like stay at home and watch Hallmark Christmas movies and drink champagne. And I put my tree up that night, but I really think I'm going to put it up in October. Like it's you should, you should. Now you have to throw this episode on while you do it too. Oh my God. I'm going to watch this episode so much. It's, I want to say it's going to get old, but it won't. I have a logistics question about what's going on with the team, though, at the beginning at this in this episode. So in the the first scene, they talk about that. They they mentioned if we win our Boxing Day match, we're, you know, Boxing Day is 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 Boxing Day Christmas Day or the day it's the day after Christmas or something, right? The day after. Yeah. So they have a match that next day. If I if I am correct, right? Yes. They all got hammered that that night soccer doesn't seem like a great sport to play hungover i yeah i was very curious about that i'm actually gonna double check it to make sure we don't sound like idiots yeah we don't need the british listeners coming for us the two british (laughs) listeners are gonna come for us and i don't need that um i just want to make sure yeah, yeah, it's a day after Christmas. Okay, we're fine. So we've got hungover Richmond. They need because we now see that they've played a bunch of games since the last time we saw them. They they need yes. to break, I guess, the five hundred mark. And uh, they're you know Danny Rojas was was pouring that that traditional Mexican tequila beverage, and looks like the whole Mexican team got beverage. after it. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, I, well, I just love how the premise was like, we got to be responsible, send everyone home at noon. Let's do all this now. That way they're going to be in great shape for tomorrow. They're not going to be in great shape for tomorrow. That's the irony of it. Like, it's a perfect episode, and I love the way it ends. They're going to be in terrible shape for tomorrow. They've all been drinking all day. We just got to hope that the other team did the same thing. I remember, so my yeah. 
think it was my sophomore year of high school. I was not I was not on varsity baseball that year, but I remember the playoffs of that season. The my school played a high school that it was a Saturday morning playoff game. I think it started at eleven, maybe noon. The night before that school that they were playing had had their prom. And I've never seen a more defeated looking group of of humans playing an athletic event like before it started. And uh, it, it, I hope it goes better for Richmond than it did for that high school. I remember this very different story the day before I graduated from grad school. So I'd already graduated once, so it wasn't a big deal to me that much. But, but my whole family was coming into town and I can't remember what we did. I just know like I didn't party in undergrad at all. Like I went out maybe three times total but I certainly did in grad school. And the night before my grad school graduation, we got insane. I woke up I so late that all I had time to do was brush my teeth, put on my gown and go. And luckily my eye makeup was still okay. So I was like, I was smudging it in the car and like putting on lip gloss. And it was the closest I ever came, just total embarrassment. Not the same story, but the same story. Yeah. Maybe Jamie took it easy because he's the only one we don't really see. Maybe Jamie is, is going to save him in the next game. That's true. Responsible Jamie. So how we're going to do this episode, just going to break it down for the listeners. Instead of going through our, our normal routine, normal categories, we're because of how this episode is structured, we're going to do our structure a little bit differently. We're going to talk about this opening scene, great opening scene with the Secret Santa. And then we're going to talk about our separate contingents that we get in this episode because we get Ted and, Ted and Rebecca off doing their thing. We get the Roy Keeley Phoebe contingent, and then we get party at the Higgins house. So this yeah. this opening scene is interesting because after we watched the last episode has ended with this protest. Sam, you know, Sam, the rest of the team duct taping, sponsoring Dubai Air, kind of wondering what the fallout's going to be. I don't know about you. I, I kind of like that we didn't have to pick back up and deal with. I don't want to say the negativity. I think the, the how we talked about it. I think how the show handled that was awesome, but it could have been like I I don't know. I just didn't want the stress. I like that we've we've jumped ahead a few months, few weeks, whatever into, you know, that is it's still in that's in the past and now we're just talking Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic Christmas episode where it's almost removed from canon in a way where it's like we're going to pause everything, all the storylines and just let this be what it is. And no, I agree. Like it was nice, even though you had that one moment at Higginson's house where his son is like, thought it was so cool. Fuck those guys. <laughs> and he looks at Higgins like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> um, you have, of course, so they like they acknowledge it. They're not acting like it went away by any means, but it's truly reminiscent of every good Christmas special, which is we're gonna kind of put everything down for a minute. And just focus on how magical Christmas is. Which is a great decision. Uh, Jamie not understanding how Secret Santa works is just chef's kiss. <laughs> but I love... Okay, here's another thing. And I don't want to bring this episode down. I'm very worried about the amount of whiskey Ted has around him at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. I know we just really brought this down quite a bit. But the fact that, number one, they're drinking whiskey in the office. He just has some scotch available to him in his cabinet to wrap up. We see him drinking scotch later at his house. He even admits to Rebecca. I know it's a a sad sad drink. drink. He even admits to Rebecca 
if you hadn't shown up, I just would have been watching It's a Wonderful Life and drinking whiskey all day. I'm concerned Ted has a problem. We that that could be something <laughs> that we unpack with Dr. Sharon as well. Dr. I Sharon know, was I, actually the most notable omission in this episode. She's one of the few mainstays. I know, but yeah. again, it kind of fits into like what I was saying though, of where they kind of put down everything for a minute. Mm-hmm. And just say, okay, we're just going to focus on Christmas because how would they fit her in other than, I guess, inviting her? But she's still not enough of a character that we can invest in that we don't know enough about her. Yeah. So, yeah. No offense, Dr. Sharon. What did you think about uh, Keely's plan in this opening scene when Keely lays out what the plan for sexy Christmas is? First of all, sexy Christmas is an incredible idea. Incredible I, idea. I love it, it's stylish. It, outside of the sexy part, like it's a, just a stylish, wonderful way to celebrate. I think I'm a big, like, I love Christmas and I'm a big person on everybody should have their own unique tradition. And when I saw that, I was like, even though I know I'm going to be alone on Christmas, <laughs> love to admit that to all of our podcast listeners, I know I'm going to be alone on Christmas. I'm still going to have like a sexy Christmas tree because I think the idea is amazing. I'm going to get like deserve, a white tree. You deserve Thank a you. sexy Christmas. Thank you. I support you, you having the sexiest of Christmases. <laughs> like, I doubt I'll dress up in lingerie or anything, but I'm at least going to have the white tree with like the disco ball things and I'll have like a dirty martini. I love the aesthetic. I love the idea. Yeah, I I really admire Keely and Roy for setting that up. Um you know, so things, good. things don't, things don't always work, but it was a great, that was probably my favorite part of that opening scene is Keely talking about sexy Christmas, except for when Rebecca announces that she is going to Elton John's Christmas party and Ted hits us with hold me closer, tiny dancer, prancer and vixen. <laughs> it was very good. They're like, the puns are coming harder and faster this season. And a lot of people, as we're seeing lately, there's a lot more criticism coming out against Ted Lasso, which is fine. Not everyone's going to like everything. I'm not here saying everybody should like it. We're just, have you noticed this? We're seeing a lot more lately of these think pieces about why it's bad. I was unfortunately subjected to an article of someone. I'm not going to name the publication, but saying that this, how can Ted Lasso rebound from this terrible Christmas episode? I'm not much of a fighting person, but I would, I would take up arms against for Ted Lasso. It's one of those things. Like I firmly believe people should like what they like. And so anytime I've recommended the show to someone, it's because I I know them enough that I believe they'll like it. I don't just go recommending it to strangers. I will put stuff about it on Twitter, but ultimately like people are going to like what they like. And if they don't like Ted Lasso, that's fine. But I'm amazed it's taken this long for people to shit on it because it's been like a year now that we've all loved it. But where was I going with that? We were talking about Keely and Roy. Lost my place completely. <laughs> I was like this close to going on a rant. Well, when you hear about someone it. not liking Ted Lasso, it throws you off because it is. Th- this off. has been one of the things that is so universally beloved that there have been very few contrarian takes. And now in today's age, there's contrarian takes about everything like that is given everything. former guests of this podcast, the freezing cold takes guy. He's made a Twitter living off this. It's true. There's just so few contrarian takes on Ted that the ones that are coming out are really sticking out like a sword. Like, honestly, it's like the if you want to be like an asshole like Skip Bayless, shitting on Ted Lasso is the way to get some (laughs) attention because there's not a whole lot of people in that space right now. Yeah, and I get it. Like, some people are just joyless. And I was talking to a friend about this this week because someone I know, well, 
acquaintance. I'm not his friend. So <laughs> someone I know locally tweeted this thing and I'm not going to say it in case he listens, but it was essentially about a meme that most people enjoy. Like it's funny when they see it. And he was like, if somebody posts this trite, stupid excuse for a meme, I'm like, how can you be that joyless? Just let people have fun. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. But anyway, he's using the word trite. That's a sign of there's a lack of joy. <sighs> When people say trite, I just stop listening <laughs> for being honest. Like, because usually they're not using it in good faith and they're trying to hurt someone's feelings and it pisses me off. But anyway, back to the beautiful scene with Roy and Keeley. So they're prepared for a sexy Christmas and it turns out it's not going to be such a sexy Christmas after all. Sad. Because, because Sad. why? That's I was setting you up. Oh, okay. So let's <laughs> quick ad break and then we'll get into sexy Christmas. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so we've got... Keely's setting up for Sexy Christmas. Think yes. Sexy Christmas looks sexy. Juno Temple looks incredible in this scene. The house Amazing. looks amazing. Yeah, she's preparing drinks. She's got the music on. And then there is, there is dear sweet Phoebe sitting at the door, Phoebe having a tough have. day. The Kent family had an incredible come up because apparently Roy's sister is a surgeon of some sort and Roy is a yeah. very famous football player. Like that's an that's yes. an all all English family. Well, it also explains too, because there are some people I see on the internet that are like, why is Phoebe always with Roy? Like, where are the parents? My guess is it's a single mother situation, just because you never hear about her dad, but I could be wrong. And it's one of those situations where like if she's in surgery, Roy is the person who has to step in. And so yeah, so Phoebe shows up, she's bummed. At first, you think she's bummed because she's missing Christmas with her mom. And then she says someone just mean to me and Roy starts grunting and is very mad. She's like, his name is Bernard. And Roy says, who the fuck is Bernard? <laughs> and she pulls out this beautifully wrapped box, opens it up. And inside is a toothbrush and toothpaste and Listerine like mouthwash. And Keely says, why did he give you this? And she's like, cause he said my breath was rancid, but if you haven't get it before, like when they first wake up in the morning, or they've just eaten like onions or something like, yeah, kids can have bad breath. So that's what you're expecting, right? So Keely's like, come on, Phoebe, give me a smell. And she smells and starts gagging. And Roy is immediately mad at her. I was like, 
oi, <laughs> you're going to make her feel worse. And then we have the funniest scene I've ever seen on Ted Lasso, maybe ever, where he's like, come on, I've been in locker rooms with men for 20 years. I promise you I smelled worse. Phoebe blows or breathes on his face. Roy's eye starts to twitch. <laughs> and he says, I think you might be dying. It's an incredible, this has been Roy's season so far. He took kind of a break last episode. He's back. I mean, he's my favorite character of this episode, but like protective Roy is also fucking King. Love the, love the growling, love the, the anger at the end of the episode between him when, when they go to visit Bernard, but that perform that, that comedic, that just like it was physical comedy. Really, I'm dying like, to see ev- the outtakes. Yeah, everything in his everything in his in his face is just incredible. I also something I loved about this part is Roy and Keely are such a healthy couple that they roll off the disappointment of not having sexy Christmas. Yeah, so so well. They both take it in complete stride. They decide on sexy twenty eighth, the the sexiest of days. Sexiest of days. Yeah, and they just roll right into attending to Phoebe's needs. It is what a healthy, healthy couple. It's amazing. It's a healthy relationship because if you're in a happy, healthy situation, sure, there are going to be letdowns, but ultimately you can make any day sexy Christmas and ultimately you can make anything work. And it's just a testament to what they're showing us about how a healthy relationship works. Because if you're so caught up in we can't do it on Christmas Day, then you're missing the whole damn point. The point is for the two of you. And so they just work it out. They're like, okay, December 28th. Now let's go fix my niece's terrible breath and go find a dentist. I love the concept of walking through the neighbor, the posh neighborhood <laughs> and, and just finding and just ended up finding a dentist. I know. And they do. And it's gorgeous. And she gets prescription medication because she finds out like she's been taking antihistamines because she's allergic to cats and they got a new cat. And lo and behold, our guy from the first episode who stops Ted on the plane and says, can I get an Ussie? It's his family. It's his mom, presumably, who's the dentist. Shout out to the and- Ussie guy. The show doesn't forget about people. No. Is there anyone Never. from the first season who is super important besides Rupert that we have not not touched base with at some point this season? No. No. And the only one I would... I think unless I'm wrong is Jane, but Jane's like a head writer on the show. Yeah. So, and she is clearly having a tumultuous relationship with beard. We, yeah, we at least, like, yeah, we at least know that Jane is around and they had a very interesting yeah. Christmas that the off screen, very curious yeah. about how that went. That what was it? A pagan. We'll never ritual? know. <laughs> I know the pagan ritual at Stonehenge. It's like, we're going to go as friends. Cause we, we bought tickets already. And then Roy and Keeley redeem the second worst part of Love Actually. Are you a Love Actually fan, Alex? Okay. Let me just, all right, look. (laughs) I was 16 in 2002. Of course I was a Love Actually fan. You had every British guy who was beautiful in it. It was gorgeous. I was an idiot. I'm not saying it's a bad movie now. I'm saying with age, I realize kind of how much bullshit is in it the way they kind of treat women, just like Hugh Grant's girl, how they called her fat the whole time. And she was beautiful. And like, just so much that was not okay (laughs) that we would not be okay with now, but I do watch it every year. 
there's something I'm telling you, there's romance in Christmas. There's a reason I love those shitty Hallmark movies because there's this idea that even if you're alone on Christmas, that just maybe something could happen for you. And I think that's magical and there's magic in that. And the fact that there's one time of year where it's like anything could happen. Yeah. So that's my long answer to say, of course I love Love Actually. So I didn't see Love Actually, didn't see Love Actually until adulthood, until Jacqueline and I were actually together. She hadn't seen it either. And we rented the movie and we were like, this is going to be great. It's, we, you know, because Love Actually has all the hype and then keep getting let down by people. I, I had no. seen the I had seen the meme with you know the sign thing that gets replicated at the end of this episode, and I had always assumed yes. that that was a very romantic moment. And it's just the creepiest, shittiest thing on the face of the earth, only it's to be outdone by true King Alan Rickman, someone who I love dearly and miss being the worst husband on the planet. Sorry if you haven't seen Love Actually yet, but I'm I just want to let people it's know. It's too late for spoilers. It's been 20 years. Yeah. You can let people know. Like lean into what's going on with Liam Neeson and a very young guy whose name I can't remember but was in The Queen's Sam. Gambit and very good. Yes. Sam. And and Wait. yeah, lean into that stuff. I can't remember Wait, his He's he's a three-name guy. Well, now I got to go back and watch The Queen's Gambit. But no, you're right. Like you're a newlywed. Imagine if this Christmas <laughs> there's a knock at the door and your best friend is standing outside with poster boards <laughs> saying how much he loves your wife. It's not what you want. And it was Thomas Brody Sangster, who was the <laughs> who was the kid in love actually, who is now in the Queen's Gambit, did a very good job, did not want to not shout him out. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's British listener number three. Definitely. But it's just like, and then your wife goes out and kisses your best friend just for posterity. You think, is that romantic to you? <laughs> that is not, that is not what I want. And so this move in this show, this Ted Lasso saved love. Actually it, it, that, that meme Fair. of that guy outside with the signs has now been redeemed because it is Phoebe getting an apology that she very much deserves from a boy that made her mad is Roy growling at this guy and then at the end, they're walking away and Fairy Tale of New York plays, which is a Ugh. wonderful, wonderful song. Wonderful song. And if the, if the episode had just been that, if it had been the first scene of Secret Santa and then it had been all about Roy Keeley and Phoebe, that would have been a banger of an episode. Here's what I want to say to our two British listeners. <laughs> and if we have any other, my dream is to go to the UK for Christmas. I don't care where. I just maybe not this Christmas because COVID. But like, if someone would just be in charge of my itinerary, I'm not asking you to pay for me. I'm saying like, I want to do this, and if you're willing to help me have like the ultimate UK experience, please do that because that's what this show made me want to do was just go to the UK for Christmas. So you're saying if hypothetically there was a charming British cottage that you could <gasps> swap, you could swap with. And that woman's brother is Jude mm-hmm. Law at, at probably his sexiest. Yes. Objectively. What? Objectively. That's it, it is also single dad Jude Law. So he's got oh, the he's got God. the kids thing too. Objectively, if there was someone whose house you could swap with, you'd be in for that. One hundred percent. So if anyone knows any two of our British listeners, <laughs> if we have anyone from any part of the UK. Like Scottish, Irish, I don't care. Northern Irish, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Just whatever. Let's anyway. kick it over to a, a part of this episode that was a little, a little more. At least the beginning of it, 
the beginning of this part was a little more sad in Ted, how Ted starts out Christmas. The yes, he loses Sam to the drone. Sam, is that his is that his name? Sam? Henry? Henry. Henry. Sam Obasanya, but Henry last name. Yeah, so he's having the Zoom Christmas, and then he is drinking whiskey and watching It's a Wonderful Life. That's not the that's not the the movie when you're that's not that's not it. That ain't it. Drinking whiskey straight, mind you, which is what we've seen him do since last season as a whiskey drinker. That's not something you do casually. You don't drink whiskey straight casually. It's not like, hey, six months ago, I had some whiskey. Let me have some more. Let me drink. Like, that's a lot. And that's what I'm really scared. That's what we're going to uncover is that he's drinking to cover his emotions. That doesn't matter right now. But yeah, he's watching the worst possible movie. And then he gets a rap on the window. And who is it? Rebecca looking amazing in a newsboy hat. Paper looking fantastic. What do you call that hat? Newsboy. Newsboyish newsboyish paper boy hat. (laughs) It's one of them. Someone we're great at this this. show. (laughs) We're so we're so good. I'm so so glad people are listening to us stumble over all these terms. But she is Rebecca is looking amazing, and she is there to save Ted's Christmas. This is this might be the most. I, I can't even say that. I was about to say this might be the most endearing part of the episode, and I can't pick it over because there's a bunch That's of endearing parts true. of this episode. But it is, it's really wonderful that she comes and rescues Ted from Sad Christmas. She knows what's going on. They walk past that that acoustic cover of Last Christmas Bangs. I'm ready to put that in number two in the power rankings of versions of Last Christmas right behind the Queen, Carly Rae Jepsen, who has an incredible version of Last Christmas. I agree with that. The, he's right, though, from what I've seen, because I haven't been there. But the buskers they have in Britain, really impressive. Yeah. Really impressive. Yeah. Between that and Cam Cole in season one. I know. A lot of talent on the streets. Yep. <laughs> a lot of talent on the streets. You heard it here first. I have a question about the the gift, the the charity, the charitable gifts they were giving. It When Rebecca and Ted show up at the door... And the the mom is like, well, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you guys want? And then they explain, and they're there. They've got her letter. They they deliver the gifts. It's very sweet. Did the mom not know they were coming? Like it hurts my heart to think about that mom sitting there all day wondering if like that letter I sent is is gonna pay off. Like I I I started thinking about that a little deeper on rewatch, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I have no idea. That bothered me too because I didn't know. I thought initially I thought they were going to deliver like one present to each house Mm -hmm. or something. The fact that it was a whole sack of gifts and the mom reacted with gratitude, but she didn't seem like overwhelmed, which made me think like this was just an extra thing. But the fact that we have no background on on what happened, I don't know. It's sad. But I mean, it was very sweet. It's not to take away from what it was, but I am curious about. Is it a program with Richmond? Is it something that Hannah just, Hannah, that Rebecca just did on her own for years where she, how do you intercept Santa letters? I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> the mom had to have sent the letter, but I did some some background research. Did uh, you? The writer of this show, the writer of this episode, uh, Ashley Nicole Black, said that she, her. she and Sudeikis would participate in, in this same charity, uh, the same kind of thing stateside. 
Quote, Jason is also involved, and that's how Jason and I first met. Every year at Second City, we would do this thing called 24 Hours of Improv, where improvisers and comedians from around the country come to Chicago and do a 24-hour-long show and collect donations. According to Black, funds raised from this event are used similarly to the way Rebecca and Ted gave, gave back to the kids in London. I love that. Love them. It's very love, love that for everyone. I did love their whole thing. And their whole interaction and the fact that she didn't seem to care about Elton John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have a huge regarding the Elton John thing, though. I have one more big question. What? What do you think Daniel Craig and Rachel Wise's <sighs> puppet show is like? <laughs> I, I mean, would be I would be highly interested because I would think that Daniel Craig would be doing his characters Benoit Blanc from Knives Out. I feel like all his puppets would talk in in very terrible southern accents terrible southern accents i would hope so but i love how blunt rebecca was she's like all i really want to do is watch them fuck and dad just like yeah yeah you you go girl (laughs) like whatever yeah it was kind of funny and then we get into the higgins dinner and you remember at the beginning he said we open our house to anyone who wants to come we usually get about two people mind you and i texted you this this week Higgins's wife in the show is his real life wife is Jeremy Swift's real life wife, which makes it even better. So much better y'all. It's the actual Higgins's. It's the actual Higgins's. And I just imagine that's how their Christmases go. And like it honestly just made me cry. Cause I miss Christmases like that, where you open the presents and everybody's got, you know, you've got the cheese and crackers and the wine and that's to hold you over until the dinner. And of course it's a lovely scene where it's much more than two. The whole team shows up each with a dish from their native land. Danny Rojas trying to get the whole squad drunk. Just wants them all drunk. And (laughs) the fact that they have to use like the surfboard and a pool table to extend their table so everybody can fit. And it's like one of the most heartwarming things I've seen because they all just felt so comfortable there. And at no point did the Higginses say, oh, this is way too much. They were just like, well, we have plenty of food and drink. We just have to figure out where they can sit. That is just the definition of hospitality. That's the definition of the Christmas spirit. And that, that made me cry, I think, more than anything. Well, I think it speaks to the, <laughs> I think it speaks to the Ted effect. That's the team chemistry. Because yeah. Higgins said, every, you know, every, you know, they get a couple players every year. This team, like we saw them in Secret Santa with Isaac holding court as cool Santa, this team likes to spend time with each other. Yeah. And it's, we, I mean, we get almost, you know, we get almost the entire team over there. Precious Sam uh, arriving first, but you get all, you know, everyone in. I love, I love a shootout parody, like a, a parody of a movie. I love that, that scene where Danny and the goalkeeper are, are playing Nerf, the Nerf shootout war. Yeah. That hit a very particular niche for me. Like, I love, <laughs> When it's like the uh, there's an episode of Community where there's paintball on campus. I love yes. parodies of of like funny shootouts, and that that hit it for me. I loved watching Danny and them play Nerf War, the Higgins kids. It was beautiful, and then playing like soccer and the video games, and it was just everybody blended together. But it, you know, I haven't thought about it much until we talked about this. Where was Jamie? I'm I like to think Jamie's mom has not passed away, right? He didn't he did he's he when he was putting his 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 boots in the trash can when they were burning stuff, I don't think he said any I don't think he said anything about his mom passing away. I I would like to think he spent it with her. 
But are we to assume that they're divorced because his dad is terrible and his dad's... I, I, I feel like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he says something along the lines of his dad started coming around when Jamie got good yeah. at soccer. So I would like to think that he spent it with his mother and they talked about things. Well, now I'm sad. Because <laughs> <laughs> this has really hit me just now and I'm, I'm like sad. Dang it. I care about Jamie. How did this happen? I know. I I thought it was an interesting choice to not to not bring him in. The last we see of Jamie is when he's they wrap the secret Santa gift for him, and then he says, "God bless me, everyone." Bless or me. excuse me, God God bless me, everyone. God bless me, everyone. <laughs> but again, we the thing we know about the show is it does everything on purpose. I know there there was specific reason that they didn't bring Jamie to that that team Christmas. And again, most of the, I think most of the players in that team Christmas were foreign. I don't think any of the, it was the guys from France and the guys from Nigeria and Danny from, from Mexico. I, if I remember correctly, if you, if we go back, I think it's everyone who's foreign. Cause that's what, that's what Higgins said. He invites the players who are away from home. So I, I think that, I think that's, I think that's where it was. So they, since they can't go home cause they play tomorrow violently hung over. That's true. That's true. I don't want to know what happened at that game. That's no. going to be bad. And then we have. I don't know if you're ready for this. Are you Are you ready to talk about how this episode ends? I'm ready. What is your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> Baby, please come home is the perfect, the perfect Christmas song. She used to sing it on David Letterman every year. It was a very popular song decades ago. And actually. I am partially wrong about this, but the general story goes, and I know I'm going to get someone correcting me in my DMs, is that Dave himself wondered where she went because she was such a big deal and she had some Christmas hits and other hits and found her working as either a housekeeper or a janitor somewhere. And she was kind of forgotten. And he brought her on his show every Christmas to sing this song. And it's incredible. It is the best Christmas song ever. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that they would play it in the episode. And then they played it at the end of the episode. And it was great. With Hannah Waddingham singing it, too, who is a powerhouse. What kills me, and I'm sure you noticed this, as soon as they're all sitting at the table and they realize, oh, like Rebecca and Ted and some buskers are out there. All of a sudden they grab their instruments. Like Higgins walks out with his bass and then you have like a saxophone. Like they were ready for it. And I didn't care. It was incredible. It was the most perfect way to end the show ever. And it's the greatest Christmas song of all time. And the show ends with Santa flying overhead too. Which is cheesy, but like I get it if you like Santa. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it worked. It worked for the show. They had me... They had me so suckered in and so emotional, like Higgins. Because remember that that child of Higgins's was having a conversation yes. about Santa with Sam, and of, exactly. of course Sam, of course Sam knew exactly what to say. Uh, and it, I mean, a flawless ending to the show, a flawless Christmas. I mean, I was stunned. We because we had the anticipation for Christmas in Richmond. We saw it in the trailer. We saw the high Ted thing. This. I mean, shattered my expectations. Same. And I love Christmas. Like, I love it so much. It's irrational. And now this is just going to add to it. So, mm -hmm. oh, well. Yeah. But it's going to, this is going to be a great Christmas tradition to add. Like watching the Ted Lasso Christmas episode. It's going to be so. wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. The, I mean, to wrap with any, anything 
about the next episode, we really have no indication about what's going to happen besides the besides the plot, besides what they you know, what they say in the episode summary. So this episode doesn't really leave you with with many questions. No, but that's okay. We'll find out what goes on next week and we'll just keep suffering and rejoicing and it'll be fine. We will. We will. What a what a wonderful episode. Alex, as always, thank you so much for joining me talking about Ted Lasso. Where can the folks find you and check out For the Win? Uh, um, you can find me at For the Win, at For the Win on Twitter, ftw.usatoday.com. You can follow me at Alex McDaniel on Twitter and Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, leave a review, tell us what you're thinking about the Ted Lasso season two rewatch. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a special episode. Don't want to don't want to jinx it. Haven't recorded it yet. And then Alex and I will be back on Thursday talking episode five of Ted Lasso. And we'll catch you then. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.